Yo, 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 everybody. Ryan Rucco, CC Sabathia here. Another R2C2 coming your way in just a moment. We dive into everything going on with the baseball playoffs. How do you choose if you work for the Yankees like CeCe does between rooting for the Rays or rooting for the Astros? How do you combine analytics and also old school experience? And what on earth are the Giants and Jets going to do about another lost football season? We dive into all of this and more in just moments right here on R2C2. What's up, everybody? We're back. Another late night edition, man. We've been doing this on the late night lately, bro. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> this is our new thing, I feel like. We're, you yeah. know, we're doing, you know what? We're trying to give the audience the freshest content they can get. Right, right. Come on. So if, you, if you're listening Just to this. live reaction. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. If you're listening to this Thursday morning, you, you'd rather have us recording Wednesday night, right? Then you know, days in advance. So we're trying to give the people what they want. Yeah, t- I'm loving it. I mean, yeah. you know, we got a lot going on right now, too. So it's uh, it's good. It's, it's still good to be a sports fan right now. It is. It is. We, we, we still have enough going on. I'm a little worried about the months to come, but uh, I will take however, you know, long this period lasts while we have stuff going on. And see, as R2C2 listeners have begun to realize and understand with their new episodes every Thursday and other bonus episodes thrown in and following us on Instagram and Twitter at R2C2 and telling everybody they know about the podcast and how much they love it, they've started to learn that we start every pod now with Sling and Heat, where you give us three things on your mind that you want to get off your chest. So let's just kick it off with that. Yeah. Um, so what's your first uh, Sling and Heat topic for the day, see? I th- my first Sling and Heat topic of the day is more of a question with... Uh... Ooh, okay. Both New York football teams being 0-5, yeah. uh, yet to win a game. And, you know, looks like everybody's tanking with, with the Jets uh, releasing Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> oh. So if, if, if they both get the first and second pick, do they take Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence? Or do they have the right guys in Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones? You just need to build around them. What, what do you got on that? Uh, that's a good question. If it's me, I am definitely taking the quarterback if I'm the Jets. 100%. No doubt in my mind. And Wow. Yep, no doubt I in my mind. I thought you would say Giants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a Giants guy, but I, I have seen – there's more I've seen from Daniel Jones that makes me confident than what I've seen from Sam Darnold. Now – I think that both guys could end up very good. They obviously have not been put in positions to the, succeed. Yeah. The only reason I, I would pick Darnold over Daniel Jones is because Darnold can run. Like, he's he's actually pretty fast and, like, can move around. You know what I'm saying? In today's NFL. Yeah, but Daniel Jones and, is athletic. Yeah. He, he, in, a, in an Jones. Eli Manning kind of way, no, he's no, athletic. No, 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 no. Come on now. He's got... <laughs> He's got more athleticism than Eli. Man, he's got more athleticism than Eli. He reminds me so much of Eli, man. Well, he and looks I don't like know him. why. Like, his his yeah, face looks like him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, his play, too, a little bit. Like, it's weird. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, and, and if it's me, if I get the first pick, I'm taking Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. Really? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Again, again back to the mobile thing. Okay. Just watching, you know, Kyler Murray do his thing right now. Watching Russell Wilson do his thing forever. Yeah. Um, watching Lamar Jackson. Uh, Pat Pat Mahomes is mobile. Yeah. Um, so this is this is the new wave in the NFL. I mean, even if you even watch Justin Herbert the last couple of weeks, he can even run. He's even mobile. He looks fucking phenomenal. Guys. Oh my gosh, man! I mean, that's scary for me. You know, him being in the AFC West with you know the Chargers, and then I'm have Pat Mahomes. So. I mean, but he looks really, really good, guys. He looks really good. I he he looks phenomenal. I um I, I agree with you about the mobile quarterback aspect of things. It's why a couple years ago I absolutely wanted the Giants to do everything they could to try and trade up and get Kyler Murray if Arizona wasn't going to take a quarterback there, right? 
Um, and obviously, Arizona made the right decision taking Kyler. But that is actually my example as well of why, if you're the Giants, you don't you don't pat if you if you feel that Fields or Lawrence is a can't miss, no doubt about it, franchise quarterback. You do not pass on them because I don't think you know that with these guys, Darnold yeah. or or Daniel Jones. Or Daniel Jones. And, and I don't think you've ever really known that, right? You took these guys feeling good about them, but never having full conviction like they're a can't-miss prospect who's definitely going to be a franchise cornerstone. You felt you know, good, but not certain. And you know what's crazy? That's true because the, the Arizona was in the same spot. Where they had Josh Rosen, who they had just took. Exactly. Took, and yep. everybody's like, you're going to trade this guy? But they knew he wasn't he wasn't their guy. And even maybe even Cliff Kingsbury knew that he wasn't his guy. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, prompted them to trade him to Miami. And now, I mean, we don't even talk about Josh Rosen because Kyler Murray's so fucking good. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And and you would never, you get Trevor Lawrence or Fields in there, and there's a good chance you're never going to talk about Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold again. I'm a, I'm more hesitant when it comes to Jones. There's one less year of play, right? Um, and I actually I like his mobility a little better, honestly. But but I also I have to be fair to I have to be fair to both guys, but especially to Darnold. I mean, Gase is a disaster of Bro, a head he coach. Has nothing around oh, him, cuz nothing. I, 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 I follow this Instagram page called a page called The Checkdown. And they have, like, you know, they break down a lot of the plays and stuff. And they always break it down Sam Darnold. He's super athletic. And he's always on the run making crazy throws <laughs> because they have nothing. Like, whatever oh. offense they muster up is because of his athletic ability. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. I watch that and I'm like, hey, like, you get him with an offensive line. I mean, obviously he's got the arm talent. He may be able to, he may be able to turn well, it around. And, and look, I mean, it is... There's a lot of logic to no, I'm not going to take a quarterback here because I am I have a million needs and I'm going to be able to get an incredible player even if you're trading back from one, right? Cuz let's say you're saying no, I got my quarterback. Like I don't I, I don't need to do this. You're going to be able to you you have a million needs and you're going to be able to pile up assets by trading out of one and you may believe, "Hey, if I can put the right things around Darnold, he's going to be a winning quarterback. If I can put the right things around Daniel Jones, he's going to be a winning quarterback. Obviously, it's not a novel concept, but I, can, I can't I can hate the organizations if they really believe these are the guys and they want to take this opportunity to stack talent around them, knowing what tr even just trading back from one to four or five could end up netting you, right? Because somebody is going to give up a lot to move those. up and take those guys. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. I, I think I would lean towards taking the quarterback, but, and I know I'm being a little wishy-washy here, but I, I, I can't hate it if you, if they really believe, you know, Darnold or Jones is the guy. Like there's enough there that, it, that like intrigues me, but there's just not enough there that makes me feel certain. Does that yeah, make sense? No, for sure. I understand what you're saying about, about both quarterbacks here. But for me, watching both of the quarterbacks that are in college, yeah, I like both of those guys better than what I see with to, to, with the guys in New York. By a lot, by enough, yeah. I, yeah. I like I like Justin Fields a lot more than I like Sam Darnold, and I like Trevor Lawrence a lot more than I like uh, uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. So just just based on those guys' talent, I would take them. Uh, yeah. If if I had the picks, you don't have to worry about that, man. You got the three and two. Las Vegas Raiders coming off a big win against the yeah, Chiefs. A big win, man. And, and, you know, my quarterback's playing pretty good. Henry Ruggs is, is locked yeah. in. Josh Jacobs is a beast. Our defense has been, has been what's been surprising, getting off the field on third down. Man, that's something that the Raiders never, ever do. So to watch <laughs> them be able to make people punt is, like, fucking refreshing, bro. Like, that's, like, a big deal for me. So it's been fun watching football so far this year. Yeah, unless you're, you know, a New York fan, and then it's just another year of disaster. This is <laughs> this is my thing. Like, I, and I'll use a Yankee comparison. Okay, the thing that's awesome about being a Yankee fan is you know, year in and year out, you are going to have that experience of watching incredibly meaningful games that you're riding the emotions of. 
you're on the edge of your seat, and you have this incredible journey. And yeah, you want it to ultimately end in a championship, and when it doesn't, you're upset and you're angry, and ultimately it leaves you feeling unsatisfied. But you still have that experience. Like we yeah. talked about the Minnesota Twins fans not having the experience of just like going to bed at night after a playoff win, right? Yeah. I mean, the Giants and Jets have robbed their fan bases of the experience of experiencing a football season at yeah. all beyond yes. the month of September. Well, but, well, 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 welcome to my world, Cass. Because the, the, <laughs> the Raiders fucking football season is over. I will talk uh, so much shit in the summertime uh, because as soon as football season starts, I can't say nothing because we fucking suck. So oh yeah, so gosh. You got to get oh. into fantasy football, bro. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big fantasy guy. Oh, so yeah, there you okay, go. Yeah, so at yeah, least yeah. you can still watch football. Yeah. yeah, oh, true. And And I will say, you know, like of all sports, NFL is the one that I can turn on any random game and I'm in. Yeah, it, you know? you're like, definitely gonna watch it. Well, whoever yeah. it is, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. Like it be Buffalo, Tennessee. Well, yeah. well except yeah. some of these fucking uh, Thursday night games they got going on. It's fucking ridiculous. I, I know. I, I'm not a Jeez. huge Thursday night guy, man. Thursday I'm not. night has been and the schedule. I'm not a huge Thursday night game uh, guy in general, but the schedule's been fucking awful. Yeah, it's Monday night real. schedule's been good this year. Monday night schedule's been really good, and we've been and because of COVID, we've been catching some Tuesday games. Too. I know we got a Tuesday <laughs> game last night. I'll catch the last two weeks we had Tuesday game. Yeah, man. But you know what? It it is a really it's a terrible feeling to literally have no investment in your team season, and yeah. that's what Jets fans and Giants fans are experiencing, right? It's just like, yeah, I don't like you. If you put on the game, it's just like you put it on because it's a football game, and it's not. You don't care. There's nothing to. There's no nothing to care about. These teams. You just have to watch it because it's in your region. Yeah, exactly. Right. I was so pissed the other day when they took off the Chiefs Raiders ending to show the beginning of Giants Cowboys here because I was like, <laughs> now normally I always would have like I would always have like Sunday ticket growing up and stuff, and I would just watch that, but. In the city, I don't have it. So I was like, oh, man, you're going to give me – I got to watch my 0-4 team instead of the uh, end of this great game? I got to tell you – I couldn't live without it. Sunday ticket, to be honest. Oh, it's the greatest, man. Yeah, you got to watch everything. It's the greatest. I got to tell you one fantasy thing that actually I'm currently missing a Zoom call. My my The longest league I've been a part of, which was my uh, – the, the baseball team I played in, Wooden Bat League, during my college years, our summer team. It was actually a team that Panic played on with me. Okay. And uh, Duchess Tigers, shout out to my guys there. And uh, we we have a, it's a two quarterback league. Do you have any two quarterback leagues? No, they're fun, man. Because you Are score they? a lot. Yeah, it's what's Dude, the score like three hundred and fifty to fucking like. No, what's the, but it's what's it's the like scores what, look like. You don't really feel like you have a good week unless you put up one fifty. <laughs> like, and one of our guys last week, I think, put up two thirty. I think Jeez. our commissioner Kevin Payno put up two thirty. So, but. We because you have two quarterbacks, we ran into these issues in the in the past where people would stack quarterbacks, right? So you put like four quarterbacks on your roster, and what happens is someone gets hurt, somebody else's quarterback gets hurt, and if you don't happen to pick up the backup, now you're forced to start a quarterback who's not even starting in an NFL game, and yeah. so it kind of like ruins things. So we we did a rule this year that you can only have three quarterbacks on your roster at one time. And you have the rights to the backup of every one of the quarterbacks you have, whether they're on Damn. your roster or not, right? I mean, yeah, that's but, making it fair. Except, let me tell you where it's not fair. So my, I, I, my team's really good, but I stacked everywhere outside of QB2, so my QB2 is not good. I want to pick up Justin Herbert two weeks ago. The dude who had Tyrod Taylor isn't even, he's not picking up Herbert. He's just leaving Tyrod Taylor on his bench, not picking up Herbert, and I'm not allowed to get him. And I'm like, this no, is bullshit. No, yeah. that's not bullshit. It's, that's the rule. But you I don't, can't I, I'm get not, him. But I'm like, it, to me, it's like, you you shouldn't be able to just keep this person in reserve if well, you're not going to pick that's, him up. That's the rule, though. So you but, can't, you can't, now you can't now make a new rule because the guy's not picking him up. Like, man, I, you, but, so, <laughs> so, so if the rule stayed the same, you would have been able to get Justin Herbert, no fucking problem. Yes. So here's my here's my addendum that I was proposing tonight via proxy since I'm not on the Zoom call. Okay, that you you only have the rights to the backups of your two starting quarterbacks, not your guy on the bench so that you can't just stack a guy in the waiver wire who you aren't getting while he's starting. 
Nah, what do you it's, think? It's, no. Well, uh, for next year, fine. Yeah, but it's, okay. We, we're in week five. So, no, you can't change the fucking rules now. No chance. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. All right. For next uh, year, we can change the rule. You know what I'm saying? Make, but It makes sense for next year, doesn't it? It makes sense for next year. It All does. Right. I'm off. I'm off my uh, my Duchess Tiger fantasy league. See what do you got for your what do you got for your second uh, slinging heat? My second slinging heat is um, I'm not doing any more interviews because about no, you're, you're done with interviews about uh, New York baseball about the Yankees baseball because all these people do is rip shit off our podcast and then put something in the in a headline so they can just listen to the podcast whoever the fucking post. <laughs> Fucking Dan Martin, all them dudes. Uh, by the way, I love George King. He's retiring this year. He's one of my best, you know. Yeah. I, can, I consider George friend, King uh, a friend, but. I love George, too. I'm going to miss I him. I love George. Uh, he's going to be, he's yeah, definitely going to miss him. But I, I'm not doing it. Like, fuck that. You guys can just listen to the podcast, make up your own headline, and then and then put the article, what I actually said, in the fucking article. So. <laughs> You didn't like that headline. You didn't like that Bro, headline that in the shit post. Was bullshit, cuz. But that's the third time they've done that. That's yeah. the third time they've done that. But they did it with the analytics. They did it the other day. And then somebody wrote a whole fucking article about me tearing my ACL because I, I wrote that on my uh on my uh, my Instagram. They need to stop writing articles and shit off of my fucking podcast and my Instagram. Like well, that cannot be an article, cuz. Can I can I tell them please continue to write articles about our podcast? Just include the link to the pod so Just that we get as many followers as, keep as running possible. The pod. I guess it's great that they're listening to the pod, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. But I, I, fuck, but, uh, at least so I, at least at least write what the fuck I said. Well, I think I, if I remember right, the headline kind of took maybe you giving more of like a general like. WTF and attributing it to a specific move. Am exactly. I right? Yes. Yeah. And you were kind of just saying it like about like, you know, and you were just kind of like, what the I heck? I guess maybe like, it's just yeah. the, the way I deliver stuff too. Yeah. But um, you should not write an article based on what I say in this podcast. Well, no, no. <laughs> See, right. Have them write articles nonstop. Just include the link to the podcast. Yeah. Like, Okay, okay. Well, they can, they yeah. can, they can include it. We'll, we'll just keep I, saying outrageous I, shit. Okay. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I I'll, I'll actually say some shit that's worth putting in the paper. You know okay. what I'm saying? Good. You want to start right now? <laughs> no, <I'll> wait. <laughs> I think here's where I'm gonna. Here's where I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. Um, y- if you listen to the full conversation and the full podcast, there was a lot more perspective and defending even of moves that were made that were outside of maybe the micro, I don't know if you want to call them criticisms, micro assessments that were then sort of extrapolated as the overall sentiment. Because the overall sentiment from you was not was not really a critical one. No, it wasn't. It was just me reacting as, as more of a fan than you know somebody that actually works in the organization. So right. you know, it is what it is. I mean, I think I felt the way kind of everybody felt as a fan. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, and and but, but to and, like make it out where like I'm going against the organization, they always do that. The post, do, do, they do that shit all the time. So uh, from here on out, they're gonna have to fucking pay me to to talk about baseball. <laughs> they can kiss my ass. Well, well, you know, just uh, make sure to include the link to the podcast, guys, <laughs> uh, if you are going to write the article. <laughs> All right, we have to tell you about our new favorite betting concept this season. Same game parlays on FanDuel Sportsbook. The most fun you will ever have betting. It's pretty simple. All you have to do is combine multiple bets from one game into a single parlay. This way, the payouts are even bigger when you win. What's cool, too, is FanDuel will refund the first same-game parlay you lose on any NFL game each week up to $10. That means you can bet a different parlay risk-free every NFL week all season long. See, I feel like, you know, you've been on a roll with your same-game parlays. Have you really... Maybe not. It feels yeah. like you have, though. It, it, so, feel, it feels like we've been on fire. And you know yeah. what I like about the same game parlay? You don't have to wait all day to see if you won. Like, 
every it's all right there. Most of the yeah. time when you have a parlay, you gotta wait all day, teams playing, different times, whatever. This is all at one time. You get all your dough at one time. I love it. You like Houston plus three and a half at Tennessee and the under 53 as your same game parlay. Why? Yeah, I do. I just feel like for Houston to win this game or, keep, or you know, to cover, it's got to be a low-scoring game. Um, you know, Tennessee runs the ball a lot. They're coming off kind of short rest for me, you know, playing on Tuesday night and, you know, coming back playing Sunday. So um, I like Houston covering, um, maybe even winning this game, and I like it being a low-scoring game. All right. If you like CeCe's picks, Go ahead and bet them. And with your first NFL same-game parlay of the week, you'll get 10 bucks back if we don't win. Now, there's one catch. FanDuel is the only sportsbook app that has these same-game parlays. So if you don't already have a FanDuel account, just use the promo code R2C2 when you sign up so they know that we sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code R2C2. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, or Iowa. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Terms apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I think, um, you know, one thing in general that I think we do a poor job of in media in general, and I'm not even I'm not I'm not criticizing the post about this. I'm just talking about it in general is we don't do a good job of discerning micro and macro. Right. Like if you if you say like, hey, or if I say I'll use myself as an example, okay? if I say. I really don't agree with what the Yankees did in game two, okay? That's a micro-criticism. On the macro, there's no one I'd rather have leading my baseball operations department than Brian Cashman. Nobody. There's there's nobody I would pick over him, you know? On the macro, or on the micro, I could say, I think, you know, Aaron Boone should have had Glaber Torres batting higher than seventh for that Game five, right? Which that's a, a horrible, mic- that's a horrible assessment, by the way. Okay, well, yeah, no, no, that's, that's fine. <laughs> print, print that in the post. Ruko and Sabathia disagree about Boone's lineup. Sabathia defends Boone for Glaber hitting seventh. Ruko there says you no. Go right there. Yeah, put so, that, make that the headline. <laughs> Sabathia ardently defends Boone putting Glaber in the seven hole. But, uh, but I, I, I on the macro, I love Aaron Boone as a manager, and I really like him. You know, so. I just think there's nuance with all of this, right? Like you could you could think I'm a really good play-by-play guy, but you could say you messed up that call or like you, I don't like the way you handled this or like you need to handle that better. And I do think there are times where we don't, we kind of take a criticism and we say, oh, you know, CeCe hates the analytics now. And it's like, well, yeah. well, no, that's not, that's not the thing. You know, I, I mean, this is going to sound crazy too, but I just feel yeah. like they like, you know, Tech says some outrageous shit. So I feel like they they try to get me to say, you know what I'm saying? Like, they want me to go against 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 the Yankees like how some of the former players do. And most of the time, I'm not going to do that. Well, not no. publicly, anyway. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like, in general, you probably are, I mean, you would only say things that you would say to them, right? Like, yeah. and yeah. 1,000%. And and so and so that's what's cool about our pod is we offer that level of of honesty, but it's it's not like it's not like you are not saying things that if you had the conversation you would say to them as well, right? Like, yeah, like um, so uh, again, um, you Keep know, writing articles. Just include the link. <laughs> just include the link. That's it. All right. What's your third sling and hit heat? See. My third, my third slinger. What was my third slinger heat? Was it a show or something you were oh, gonna say? Yeah, but I was. But oh, wait, before I get to my third yeah. slinger heat, are we the media cast? Like, are are we? We kind of are now. I think, man. That's fucking bullshit. You don't want to be? I mean, not really. Can we be like a hybrid? I don't really want to be the media guy. <laughs> well, I think we are kind of a hybrid. Uh, you definitely more so than me. 
or yeah. a hybrid. I don't want to consider myself the media because then I'm gonna stop doing this podcast. Yeah, no, yeah, we don't want that. We don't, we don't want that. We we don't want that. Maybe the Yankees will want that, but we right. we don't want that. <laughs> I think uh, I I I think we're like we're here's the thing where I think we differentiate and which was like a mission of ours from Jump was in daily sports talk, and I know this because I did it for years in New York. In daily sports talk, there is a pressure to make mountains out of molehills, and it comes from having to create hours of content on a daily basis when a lot of times there is very limited stimuli allowing you to generate that content. We from Jump said, hey, we're not going to make mountains out of molehills. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to have strong opinions on things. That just means they're only ever going to be authentic and real and to the caliber that we actually truly feel about them. And I think that's where we can differentiate and feel a little bit different than your typical media. How about that? Yeah, for sure. And that was something, like you said, from 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 Jump, we wanted to make sure that we didn't try to go in and, and you know, Bash people make shit out of, you know, make huge stories out of, you know, something that's not really a big deal. So, like you said, uh, that's always been like our mission, kind of. And that's why, honestly, I think we both probably felt comfortable saying what we said on the last podcast, and even you, is because there was no ripping. There was no Aaron Boone needs to do it, or Brian Cashman, or the Yankees organization. No, it was, it, we're honestly assessing an individual decision and how we felt about it. And and that is that's authentic, that's honest, and that's also not just trying to slap sensational labels on anything. And this is actually one of my frustrations when it comes to evaluating analytics in general. Just while we're on the topic, might as well address it. I have come to a point where I do think we need to be careful not to go so far into the numbers that we don't allow for deviation when there's other factors that make you feel like, hold on, this is also evidence, right? This may be of a slightly different form, but it's still empirical, and it needs to be assessed when I'm making a decision. And I do think we have to be careful not to always feel like every baseball player is a walking algorithm, and if you plug it a certain way, things will happen. However, I also fully believe that you got to embrace the information. And just because you feel like, hey, let's make sure we still have some nuance, that doesn't mean that I don't want us using every single tool we can numerically to help make a decision or to assess. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be Bible every time. But the counter is like, hey, you know, I get so many people see who are like, you got to scrap the analytics. It doesn't work. And I'm like, if you scrap the analytics, that's scrapping information. That would be the, the thing dumbest is, thing you could do. You can scrap analytics because me watching my 17-year-old and watching the kids coming up, they're all analytics-driven. Like, hmm. if you go to these perfect game tournaments and you watch, like, everything is on track, man, and, you know, everything yeah. is numbers. Rap so solo. This shit is not going anywhere. Everybody keeps saying, oh, it's going to go back to the way it was. No, the fuck it's not. Not until you, not until it's out of the youth space. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's just now starting to grow down there, where everybody will, you know, have access to it and be able to, you know, know their their spin rate on a curveball and all that shit at 12, 13 years old. That's where it's going. So yeah. you you have to you have to have a great analytics department because these kids will know this shit be, more than you will. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I think that's a great point, right? And and that is also going to make it easier, I think for managers and front offices as we get you know deeper into these generations, these young generations, because they're going to be initiated and acclimated to this way of doing things, right? Yeah, so but, they're, but like, they're but, but, like you, but like you said, though, it has to be some common sense to it, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, it has yes. to be some, some baseball. It has to be some teaching. It has to be some feel. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think it'd be great if if you went to the to the Ivy League schools, I mean, obviously we're getting the, the, the people out of Ivy League schools to to run the front offices, but what about get some of the baseball players from Ivy League schools that not get drafted that actually stood in the box and fucking faced the curveball or threw mm. pitches and pitched in the game and felt their heartbeat out on the mound and how you feeling in a big game and shit like that. Like, go get the kids that that, that went to Harvard and Princeton, but that are, that are on the fucking baseball team. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? So they can like give you a little common sense with all these numbers and let you know that sometimes some of this shit might might not plug in because they actually played the game. You know, you know? I I I I could not agree more. I if if I had the like hand clap emoji right now to use, I would be using it for, for, for what you just said. I, I cannot agree more with what you just said. And, and that's something we lose in general, I think, when it comes to uh, mass communication, which certainly social media is a vessel for that, right? We lose nuance. We lose nuance. And nuance is everything. Like, it needs to be embraced. And that's where I I have frustrations then for people who maybe I would agree with when it comes to criticizing an individual decision that was too heavy on the analytics, but then they'll extrapolate it to be like, oh, you got to scrap the numbers, this analytics stuff. It's like, no, no, you, you don't understand how much more good than bad the numbers do. They do way more good. It's just, hey... How do we find maybe a little more balance because of things like you were talking about? See, because something you just said, like, okay, uh, maybe maybe I know that your curveball, or, or let's use something you you really threw a lot, right? Like, let's say, like, like my cutter. Cutter, my cutter. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, I know your cutter is going to, in general, the numbers show produce this. But maybe you say to me, like, you know what, Rye, you don't understand, though. When I'm in a high adrenaline moment, here's how this changes how I throw my cutter. Like, I mean, are there pitches where that actually can happen. Certain pitches are affected more by a moment than others, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my changeup was always something that I that I could like that I couldn't manipulate. Like if it was a big moment, I always tried to stay away from my, my changeup. Just because I felt like I was gonna, you know, like hang it or, you know, leave it right down the middle. Um, yeah. So yeah. so that was always a pitch. Like I didn't always want to throw in a big moment. I would, yeah, but I, but I didn't feel hundred percent comfortable. So if I got I mean, I'm just, man, I don't know why this name came up. If I got Melvin Moore up there, and I'm, you know what I'm saying, like, at the end of the game, I'm just thinking about somebody who played with Baltimore at the beginning of my career when I was with the Melvin Yankees. Melvin Moore, that's right? tremendous. Right? That's crazy, yeah. right? Just thinking, yes. I don't know why I thought about yeah. him. Yeah. But if I got him up there at the end of the game, and he's bad on change-ups, and I need to throw a change-up, like, I, I may shy away from that just because I don't feel comfortable in that situation. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that, like, some, exactly. only a baseball player or a pitcher can tell you. Yes. So, I mean, it, but, but exactly. But as, as far as a teaching tool and the rap solo and all of this stuff, I love it because for me, when I was younger, if I, you know, if I'm throwing my curveball good, then it's, you know, it's like a, everything is a field pitch for pitching. It kind of yeah. takes the feel out of it, and you know exactly how to throw the pitch to, to the, the best of its capabilities. Every time. That's what all of this stuff is really telling you. The slow-mo yeah. cams and how to put your hand and all that stuff. It's really telling you how to how to repeat your delivery and how to throw this shit over and over and over again. Yeah. And that's the, and that's all we really want is to be consistent with it. So I, I get a lot of the, the analytics and, and a lot of the cameras and everything around and the technology in baseball, but it has to be some, you know, a, baseball in it, if that makes sense. It can't just be all numbers. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. Like, you can't tell me definitively because the numbers say X, I should always throw this pitch in this in this circumstance. You can tell me that in general, if I throw more of X, I'm going to have more success than I would if I leaned on Y. But in right. individual circumstances, there needs to be more than just relying on the general numeric formula. and And that's kind of the... The nuance and and to your point about and maybe because our audience may not totally know like just the cameras I, I, I had a great conversation with chad green in uh spring training nicest guy in the world and he, he's just so damn nice and he was talking to me about how he set up you know the camera and he would literally like he throws a pitch and you know maybe matt blake was with him maybe he wasn't but like immediately he gets the feedback on what the spin rate was and then he knows, like, okay, it's this arm slot, it's this grip, it's this delivery if I'm going to have my maximum spin rate, right? And now it becomes easier, to your point, to duplicate it because you're getting that instant feedback where you can then replicate it in a bullpen session and then eventually turn it into something useful in the game. Bro, Greeny Greeny uh, and Britt both learned breaking balls in, like, for me, record time. Like, yeah. Britt's slider is disgusting. 
Yeah. It's, but it's because <laughs> of all the technology and being able to yeah. teach them so fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, it usually takes a guy a year or two at least to learn what these two guys have learned in fucking a couple months. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, that, and that's all the technology for sure. Like, 1,000%. And 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 that's the point. There's good there. And they, they, you know who's the best at this on TV, I think, synthesizing both things? David Coney. Cohn. Yeah. You got it. Coney's yeah, a fucking it. genius, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. If he, you listen, he, he, two people that you, can, that you can listen to and learn a lot just by, by listening to them watch a fucking baseball game, David Cohn and, and Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. I, I learned the most by, by listening to both of those guys watch baseball games, by watching baseball games with those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I to- I totally agree. See, I yeah. totally I totally agree on those guys. And and David forever has found this blend of like, hey, let's not look at this like it's two camps at war, right? This isn't like, you know, the analytics, they're they're taking up their bayonets and here, you know, here comes the gut and feel with their muskets. No, it's like you take from both. You know, you yeah. you you take from both and that's how you get the best you know, full picture. You know who I wish Coney would have talked to more, I think would have worked here, uh, he would have worked out here um, if you would have talked to him more, was Sonny. Mm. Sonny and Coney are a lot alike. Sonny's super fucking mm. smart. He yeah. just, you gotta give, you, Sonny's a person that you can't overstimulate him. You gotta give him everything and then yeah. let him cipher through that shit. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. one of those guys where you just give him all the info. Yeah. And just let him figure out what's gonna work for him. He, I mean, but if Coney and and Sonny had a better relationship in New York, I felt like it would have worked out better for 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 Sonny for sure. That's really interesting, man. I you know what? To your point, I do think David is an asset that can be used by the organization in that regard, right? Like because he knows how to kind of he's been through the wars, he's had incredible success, but he also is like super into the numbers, right? Like so, yeah. Hey, you know what? That's what you're doing right now too, right? You're you're you are. You're learning all the n- numerical aspect of things and the analytics, so you can then also talk about that and how it actually relates to the other part of things too. Yeah, but right? for sure. But but Coney and you know, there's just certain people that can yeah. that can teach you a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Uh, He's Andy's good with one it. Of, Coney's good with it. Andy's one of those people too. Yeah, um, that can that can really just you know talk to you, sit down and talk to you and teach you a lot by just a conversation. Where somebody yeah. like more so like me and Mo, you go to the bullpen and I can pretty like show you, you, mm. you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I understand I'm, what you're saying. I'm more like a like hands on, like visual. Like if I'm out yeah. in the bullpen, I can show you little things. Mo's the same way, but by having a conversation with Andy Coney, A Rod, these guys, like you can learn a fucking lot just by sitting down talking to them or sitting down and watching them watch a baseball game. That's so interesting. That's really interesting. The different ways of teaching. By the way, our boy. A Rosa Reina just hit a game tying two run homer here in the fourth wow. inning off Houston. It's, how many homers is that? Six, seven, how, or five? How, no, five? how many is it? Is it five? Yeah, it's the second of the ALCS. He had what? Three oh, so against that's six. The he had four against us, right? Jeez, did he have four? I don't know, three or four. Crazy man, this guy's unbelievable. And our boy Glass now is on the mound today. He was one of my favorite R two C two guests. Yeah, man. he was good. Glass now was, was really good. He was really. Are you are you rooting for? The Rays over the Astros. How do you handle? I don't this even one? know what I'm doing. I guess yeah, I'm rooting for the Rays. I'm rooting for yeah. the Rays. I'm rooting for yeah. the Rays. Um, I, I'm 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 always one of those guys. Like I want to lose to the team that wins it all. Yeah, because like, just yes. so like oh, I mean that that justifies why you beat me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like oh yeah, you won it all. Like it was your year. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Hey, the Yankees have played that card a lot over the last Bruh, couple I'm, years. I'm, so. Yeah, I'm horrible. <laughs> like I I really have to justify why I lose. Like I don't I. I I hate fucking losing. I can't stand it, bro. Yeah. So like, yeah. I have to like come to terms with it in 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 different ways. I I understand. That's what we were trying to do last pod, right? <laughs> <laughs> it went well. Just ask the New York Post. Uh, uh, so, all right. See, so do I you got have one a, more slinging yeah, heat? Yeah. yeah my last slinging heat is my new favorite show, man. And I really, really, really enjoy it. I pretty much love everything on HBO. Um, my new favorite show is Lovecraft Country. Have you got a chance to watch that yet? No, no, no. No. Sci-fi, bro. It's it's fucking out there, like way out there. Yeah, but it's but it's pretty good. It's well done. HBO obviously does everything really good. All their shows are good. But um, if listeners are out there, they haven't watched it. Check out Lovecraft Country. It's good. Good, All right, man. I'm I'm gonna check that out. I have you. Do you ever watch like the food shows? 
Like any kind of yeah, food shows I mean, a little bit you dabble? You know, my fat ass. I watch like Food Paradise on like Travel Channel. <laughs> okay. So like I'm always like looking for places that I, that I can travel to. Oh, I, I hear that, man. How about you got to check out. Have you watched Sugar Rush on Netflix? No, is it good? It's great, man. It's just like basically like a a dessert and cake baking competition. And it's there's like four duos and there's three rounds. And then the final round is these like crazy cakes they make. And they even have like some theme. Like there's always a theme, but right now they have like Christmas themed episodes. I'm telling you right now, like it's fantastic, man. Like it's, <laughs> you, you see the cakes these people make and it's just crazy. Like it's a I see if you like ch- check it. They're quick episodes. Check out an check episode. See, yeah, see if you mess with it. Have you Sugar have you Rush. done Sugar Rush? You I think you get a kick out of it. Have you done the good the good place yet? No, no, no. Is that is that on uh, Netflix? It's too? on Netflix. It's an NBC show, but it's on Netflix. You know what's crazy, man? I'm so behind on TV. Like, it's crazy because I thought during quarantine, like for me, I, I would have thought that I would have been like on everything, but I'm so behind. It's just all working out and Zooms and, you, and podcasts and doc, well, you're, like, you're, docs. That's what happens and, when you're the media now. You know, that's what happens. I, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> the media in that sense, bro. Like, I, like it's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know I, we got a lot of stuff going on with the Players Alliance, which I'm really enjoying doing that stuff. Traveling with Lil C, yeah, it's been it's been tough to watch TV, but uh, you know I know I'll get back into it, so I have a lot of things to watch. Man. What has it been like? I, you know, I haven't done basically any traveling during this period of time. See, yeah. and I know you're a germaphobe and you're a super COVID conscious person. What has it been like traveling during this period of time? Because I know you've had multiple baseball tournaments now for Lil C. Yeah, it's been. It's been nerve-wracking in the airports. Um, yeah. But once you get past that, it's fine. I mean, we wear the face shields. Um, you wear, you know, sunglasses and, and a mask. But um, And we put the face shield on when we get on the plane. But, I mean, we're just trying to be as as uh, as safe as possible. Um, obviously, you know, the tournaments are going on and, you know, the kids are playing. So, you know, they want to play. So, I, you know, I'm taking them. Um, yeah. But, uh it's been good so far. Knock on wood. Everybody's been healthy and safe. So yeah, um, he's got one more little like weekend um, that we may go to in the middle of November out in California. Um, well, actually, that we are going to, and then that'll be it. What is it like? Because you know, I'm I'm sure we have so many listeners uh, to our podcast who have the experience right now of watching their kids play baseball and it's a thrill and a joy. What is it like for you right now, man, going through this and seeing Lil C's a sophomore in high he's, school? He's a junior. He's right? a junior this he's year. A he's junior a junior already? Yeah, he's been a junior what this year. the hell? Yeah. Are you well, serious, not being man? a junior. He's a junior already, yeah. He's a, he's a junior now. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. can't believe I just missed a year in there somewhere. <laughs> like I don't know where it went. Someone's got to get it back for me now, please. What I mean, what is it like going through this process with him, man, and getting to see him play? It's been so much fun, man. Just like being being able to have a chance to travel with him. I haven't I hadn't seen him play in like six years. Um, yeah, just with the schedule uh, being off, and the last two years now he's been playing very like really really uh, competitive travel. Um, so he's been going to a lot of perfect game tournaments. Well, actually, this year was the first couple perfect game tournaments we went to. Um, so it's been fun, and you know, trying to get him to college, you know, recruiting and stuff, and and stuff like that starting to heat up. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, I just want to see him play in college, get to the next mm. level, continue his education. I know his mom would be excited about that, um, and just to, just to see where he goes and develops into. He's a super smart baseball player, man. Like. It's weird to watch him because, you know, I was more raw talent, like just, you know, fucking all over the place, but just raw. And he's more way, way more under control and thinks through everything. And I'm like, I wish I had, you know, his mental side of the game at that age. So as soon as his body catches up to what his mind and, you know, is actually trying to do. I think he'll be able to do some special things. So that's exciting. That's so so cool, man. I love that. That's awesome. Does he have any of your on-the-field temper? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, he don't have nothing. Like, like, not at all. Like, we are complete opposite. Um, Mm. Complete opposite on the field. Like, by the time, bro, by the time I was, like, 16, 15, 16, his age, I was yeah. already arguing with umpires and shit, cuz. <laughs> yeah, man. What, what the fuck you mean that's a strike? Or that wasn't yeah, a strike? Right. Like, cuz, 
it was already like full on what you seen in the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. It was already full on that in the high school. You game. were doing that, yeah, what? man. Yeah, I was. I yeah. used to do that shit in little league, guys. I mean, yeah. so yeah. Hey. I mean, we are we are completely di- we are completely different. Completely different, bro. You know, I've told you I was like that too, right? Have I told you that? Like I. I have I have seven ejections in my career, like seven. Yeah, you remember that one day of Vice where you saw me get heated? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Imagine that. I used to have such a short fuse, man. Like I was, my oh, mom was like, "I can't go to the games anymore if you're gonna be like this." Like you I know can't. What? Like, I never actually got thrown out of a game. My mom would come get me out of games, guys. Really? She'd yeah, be like, my mom. Enough. Go yeah. the fuck home. She would come make because I would ride my bike to the games sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, if I was acting up, she would come get me off. She came and got me off the mound one time, came and got me in, out of the dugout one time. Take your ass home. And then I get an <laughs> ass whooping when I get home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I know. Dude, it, like, I, I felt bad. Seven and I Jackson's used to, in Little League and shit? Yeah, like, uh, between they, Little and League. And they let you come back? High school, summer ball. <laughs> like, yeah, playing. Oh, my gosh, dude. I, I have some of my ejections are just like, I have. I don't know if I've ever detailed any of them. I have one where I took the bat and I threw it like a javelin into right field. Into right field. What? What jerk off does that? <laughs> like you got, you got to be. I was so pissed at a strike. Oh, you were like call. a fucking uh, demon child. Huh? I, like, I, Jesus. Oh my gosh! But you know what's Who funny? Who the fuck is like, does that? I I had such a temper, man, and like I had. I had another one where, like... You were like ha- Paul O'Neill. You watch way too much Yankee well, baseball, cuz. That, but that's exactly it. So I used to... My mom would be like, Ryan, I can't I, I can't go to the games if you're going to behave like this. And I'd be like, Mom, it's just because I care a lot. I'm doing exactly what Paul O'Neill does. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell Paul that now, and he's like, oh, please apologize to your mother for me. Oh, like that, that was... That was my justification, though. All right, man, you want to take some Twitter questions here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so how about uh, Matthew Crane says, what do you think the ceilings floors are for the young Yankees pitchers? Davey, Clark Schmidt, Nelson, Loisaga, et cetera. Why? I mean... I don't know if you don't have to answer it exactly that way, but maybe just, you know, what excites you about, you know, a name or two in that mix that we just mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get excited when I, you know, when I see Debbie pitch. Um, I got a chance to watch and, you know, get a chance to know Clark Schmidt. That kid's going to be special um, mm. for sure. Like he's 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 going to have it all like he's going to be able to pitch a long time in the big league. So I'm excited to see him. The one guy that nobody talks about that I think is going to be really good is Luis Medina. Mm, um, okay. He's All young, right. righty, but he's got a, he's a big body. You know, I like bigger pitchers um, to be able to go out there and like handle pitching, throwing 200 innings. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really, and I've been on him since he was a kid. Like I really, 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 you know, when I was, I think it was two years ago in 18, I was down in, in minor league camp and got a chance to watch him throw a bullpen. And ever since then I've been, you know, wanting to, wanting to see what he turns into. So um, Luis Medina, he's, nice. Yeah, he's, he's one of the kids that you know uh, nobody's really talking about right right now, but I think he can be really special too. I like it. I mean, you know what's interesting is even like it, even the most robust of farm systems right now, right, and uh, organizations rave about the Yankees' young arms that they have. Like the Yankees have some of the top young arms in all of baseball right now in their minor league system. Yeah, for so, sure. It's, I yeah, mean, it, we'll just, we'll see how, who sticks and who doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I mean, cause to be honest, they're like, there's never really a lot of room at the top in the big leagues with the Yankees because you're always going to have a, a, a Cole, yep. you know, a Cole yeah. type, whoever the next one is in nine years or eight years when he's gone. Yeah. You and were then, him before him. And then, and then you know, there's always like somebody that comes up through the system, like Sevy. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like, yep. There's, yep. there's never a not. There's never you know. It's not a lot of room, so you got to see who's who's actually going to be able to to do it. I think it'll be Clark Schmidt that'll be able to like stay there for a long time. Mm, I like that. Yeah, Clark has some filthy stuff, man. He's got he's, disgusting shit. He knows yeah. how he knows how to fucking pitch already. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about it. Just watching him in spring training, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch this dude. Um, Reese Massey says, after a tough postseason loss like this, are there tough conversations between the players, coaches, and the front office that the media and fans don't get to hear about? No. Um, no, I mean, nothing that, nothing notable. I mean, sometimes, you know, somebody gets up and speaks or whatever, you know, right after the loss. Um, but no, there, there's no, uh, there's nothing really to be said. You know what I'm saying? You, we lost. But there's I no, mean, like, you don't, do, is there any kind of like exit meeting where you go in and meet with the manager or the pitching coach um, or the GM and they say, hey, you know, you did this well, you didn't do this well, man, we need this? Not, not that I can remember. Um, I, I guess I would just always have that just because I, yeah. I lived here. Yeah. You know yeah. But, no, I mean some, you know, some sometimes if we if you lose on the road, some guys don't even fly back. So oh, really? unless you're gonna have an exit meeting that fucking five minutes after we lose. <laughs> like <laughs> baseball. Yeah. That's baseball. Yeah. Baseball is a sport where like you on your own, man. Like yeah. it ain't no off season fucking, you know, uh OTAs and none of that shit, man. We see you, we'll see you fucking just let me know what spring training is. We'll yeah. see you, Mark. We'll see you fucking February 15th. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'll be at home getting my shit together. I know how I felt to lose. Like, let's everybody work hard and fucking get back and, and try to be in a, in a position to, to win a championship next year. Okay, here's an interesting question, and it's 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 an evergreen question, uh, but I, I like it still. Jennifer Deutsch uh, asks, Cece, as a pitcher, how do you handle it when your infield has a game where they make a number of errors? Me, I never, I never, um, I never cared about guys making errors. Long as, long as for me, if like it wasn't, you know, like lazy shit where guys wasn't mm-hmm. hustling or something. But I mean, nobody giving a fuck when I give up fucking four homers in innings. You know, I'm not out there trying to give up home runs either or walks mm-hmm. or, I mean, it's, baseball's hard. You're going to have days where Guys are going to make errors. That's what teammates are for. Pick them up, make another pitch, get another ground ball, double play, get out of it. You know what I'm saying? I, I Like, I never I never really worried about if guys made errors. Like, you just you got to go to the next because I'm out there. We fuck up. You make mistakes. Yeah. I, I think that's probably something greatly appreciated by your teammates. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's not the same exact thing, but the relatability I'll use is if you are the announcer who is screaming at people in talk back in the truck because your headset's messed up, right? Like that will follow you around and no one wants to work with you, right? Like, but if you're the dude or woman who is like, hey, this is messed up, I can deal with it, but if we could fix it, cool. Then everyone's like, oh, I love it. You know, they're able to get through it, you know, whatever. Like, okay, cool. Now I want to work with you. You know, like yeah. now, now I'm not afraid to field behind you because I know like if I mess up, you're not gonna chew me out, you know. Yeah, I, it's, it's I, to be some some it was a couple pitchers, man. I fucking just hated watch pitching because I knew as soon as a guy might have made an error, or I maybe even like a couple times, like this one particular guy pitched for the Red Sox. And like he would give up doubles in the gap, and he would be out there throwing up his arms like, "Bitch, that ball was 115 off the bat. Who the <laughs> fuck do you want to go catch that ball? Like, stop giving up fucking doubles in the gap, cuz. I mean, That's what the great. fuck you want me to do? Like, I, I just it was some some guys. I just fucking hated watching, well, man. Hey, I'm hey, you said gonna, you wanted never to gonna name a name. Hey, hey, you never. said you wanted to say more outrageous <laughs> shit on the podcast. Now's the time. <laughs> But oh. I mean, baseball fans can figure this shit out. It's, yeah. it's a bunch of guys out I'm there. I'm gonna be YouTube and Josh Beckett videos. That's what I'm I gonna be doing. I hated it. I hated uh, watching that shit. Hated oh my gosh, man! Hey, I'm gonna. I'm. I, I. I have to say this. I sent you this video. I think the other day. We in the media, and I will obviously include myself because I, I very squarely am in the media, even if our podcast is just media adjacent. But I, we, we need to clean up our questions after the game. Some of these questions—it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing the questions that are happening. I don't know if we have more clowns being led into the Zoom rooms this year or what's going on, but oh my gosh! You, Mark Melanson, being asked the other day 
can you still take something positive away from this after his team just went up 2-0? Yeah, yeah, I can take something <laughs> positive away from this. We won. Thanks. Or who was the, the golfer the other day who was asked about About, can, his, three, about his, his three eagles? Yeah. Can you can you take us through your three eagles? Or, t- or not even can you. Take us through your three eagles. And he's just like, well, on, on the 11th hole, it was a par five. I got a three. On the 13th <laughs> hole, it was a par four. I got a two. And then on the 16th hole, it was a par five. I got a three. Like, and I was just like, or it, I'm going to give this, because I'm sure we have some young journalists or, or aspiring broadcaster listeners. Never, ever ask a question, which it's not even asking a question, that says, Take me through, or oh or, my or you know, what were you thinking? Or, uh, like, I mean, oh, oh my I gosh, it's just, I hate that. It's brutal. But like the the talk to me, talk to me about that's the worst one. Like, talk to me about your ten strikeouts tonight. No asshole, come up with a question and then I'll answer it. Like, and I mean, that's even like uh, this is crazy too because I did a charity event today and like. People, you know, like people that like the media come out and they'll be like, well, tell us why you're here. Well, you know why the fuck we're here. Do you have a question or not? Because I'm standing here waiting. Like, you know why we're here. You see what we're doing. Like, like, ask me a question about the shit. Like, I don't want to just like, they just, I mean, it's crazy. They just want you to start talking about what? Like, give me me some fucking direction. Why? Where? All of these things work, you know, avoid yes or no questions unless it's something that you like factually need a yes or no on. Like, did you do it? No. Okay. Like, all right. Those, those times it's okay. Like otherwise no yes or no's, no talk to me about, you know, no take Uh, me through. uh, It's, it's, it's infuriating. It's embarrassing. The whole, and it's been happening so often lately. The the, the question about Walker Bueller's pants, guys, what the fuck? Oh yeah, that was another one. The fucking playoffs, guys. What are you talking about? I love how he was like, it's not the time, Mike. Like his team just lost game one of the NLCS. Like, what are you doing? And then hit him with a mic because it's probably like Uh, a, like a local beat writer. Yeah, And I actually, Mike, Mike probably, I don't know Mike or who he is, but I'm Mike's guessing. Mike's probably a cool, he's probably yeah, a cool a guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, Mike's probably a like, cool guy. It ain't, yeah. it ain't right, it ain't the time to yeah. fuck around. That's yeah, probably exactly. like some shit that you would try to do in a fucking post-game press conference. No, man, <laughs> come on. I'm, I'm, I, I'm very respectful in a post. I will tell you, I, I pride myself on being one of the most aware people in the world, okay? Probably the, to a detriment. No, just in life in general. Like, I'm super aware. Like, like, you know, I might be like, no, no, you can't bring up this topic because this person had a second cousin who actually is allergic to butterscotch. <laughs> so you don't want to offend them. All right. Like, you, I'm, I'm that aware. All right. So oh, I, I, I'm not going to do I, I will say the, the, the most um, awkward thing I think we ever had to do is when I would be in the sideline role and then have to ask you questions in the clubhouse after a start. That, oh, yeah. That was always like, that, that was, that was like, weird but other than yeah. that nah like i think uh I, I think other than that it was uh i don't think i was ever asking about someone's pants after they lost a playoff game <laughs> by the way i think the dodgers are gonna win this series they are i told you that i keep yeah. telling you that they're gonna win the series bro we've been telling uh, simmons that yeah and i mean you know they got off <laughs> they got off to a <clears throat> hot start to today but one more inning last night and they fucking win that game by eight runs what you saw early in the game today is just the extension of the ninth inning, bro. They, they, that team is way too deep, way too good to fucking go out the way they've been going out. So, um, I, 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 I expect them to win the series for sure. I do too, and I, you know, the Rays may have finished the thing up by the time you guys are all listening to this. They're in a two-two game in Game Four, up three nothing. But where's the I, World Series? So the Rays will have to travel to Where Texas. Yeah, to Arlington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah, Arlington. Yeah, yeah. So it's at Globe Left. So, um, okay, yeah, pretty so sure then, it's at Globe Left. So they'll so, have some uh, fans. So that's cool. So the Dodgers yeah. will just stay in the same spot the whole time. Yes, exactly. Well, they won't have to move. Yeah, which is good for them. I, and it's been nice just having some fans. Like that's. It has been cool to have some fans. Yeah, that's that's a. It, it's just it's just been good to hear a little cheering. You know. Yeah, and I can't wait been. to get to Vegas, man. Go to a damn. Uh, hey, man. Damn. Oh. I know. 2021, baby. Man. 2021. Need it to happen. We'll see. I think, you know, that's it for, for the latest R2C2. It's, uh, I, 
I, I, I can't wait to see the headlines that are pulled from this one. And, uh, and don't stop, guys. Don't stop. Just include the podcast. That's all we ask. That's it. Include the link. And, and it's called R2C2 is R2C2. the name of the podcast. That's it. And um, to our audience, new episodes every Thursday. You guys know this. Follow us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell everybody you know. And, uh, and follow us on social media as well, at R2C2 on Instagram and Twitter. See? Good stuff, man. We'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.